Welcome, and thank you for listening to Xenozoic Xenophiles, a fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales, a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs, from creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. And this is a fan podcast. We're not affiliated with Mark Schultz, and the opinions expressed are just ours. We do this podcast simply because we enjoy reading and talking about Xenozoic Tales and other worlds created by Mark Schultz. In this episode, we're beginning our coverage of the excellent animated television series Cadillacs and Dinosaurs from 1993. The series was adapted for television by award-winning writer, producer, and director Stephen E. D'Souza. Listeners are likely familiar with his work on classic television shows like The Six Million Dollar Man, The Hardy Boys Mysteries, and Knight Rider, as well as some hugely successful films including 48 Hours, Die Hard, Judge Dredd, The Running Man, and Commando. He did a wonderful job of bringing Xenozoic tales to television as Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, and we're looking forward to revisiting these classic episodes. If you want to watch the show, you can find it on several streaming services. We're watching it on Amazon Video. For new listeners, we want to share a little about our title. Of course, the word Xenozoic is part of the title of the comic. Xeno is defined as something that is strange or foreign, while Zoic refers to a geological period of time. So Xenozoic basically means strange age. And a xenophile is someone who is interested in foreign lands and foreign cultures, and that word describes us perfectly, because we're definitely interested in foreign lands and cultures, just like those found in Xenozoic Tales and the other worlds of Mark Schultz. And of course, some of you know the series under the title Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, which is used for this TV series, as well as video games, board games, and some reprint collections. If you love these stories and the wonderful art, be sure to join the Facebook page Mark Schultz Xenozoic Tales and Other Stories for the latest official news and information. Mark Schultz is continuing his work on the new Xenozoic Tales graphic novel, and that Facebook page is a wonderful place to get updates on the latest progress of that book and Mark's other projects. The place to find Mark's books is Fless Publications. John Fless truly puts out gorgeous books from a variety of creators, including the collection Xenozoic, that contains all of the Xenozoic Tales stories written and illustrated by Mark Schultz, as well as the exciting book Storms at Sea, and a beautiful portfolio in the Carbon Art Book series. So be sure to check out that terrific site for Flesk Publications, which features those books from Mark Schultz, as well as other wonderful books from talented creators including Frank Cho, Bruce Tim, Steve Rude, William Stout, and many others. We hope you'll join us on social media to talk more about Mark Schultz and the world of Xenozoic Tales. Later in the episode, we'll share feedback and we'll provide our email address and other ways to contact us at the end of the show. Please feel free to write in anytime and let us know what you think about the series. We'd love to know what you like best about the art and stories and how you first discovered Xenozoic Tales. Xenozoic Xenophiles is part of the Rad Adventures Network. If you enjoy the show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Trekker Talk is a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of the sci-fi comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. And Warlord Worlds is a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. Mark Schultz, Ron Randall, and Mike Grell are our favorite comic creators. Their stories are filled with adventure and interesting characters, and their art is excellent. We'll include links to those other podcasts in our show notes, but for now, let's talk about Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, right after this message from another podcast you might enjoy. 
In a world filled with movie-themed podcasts, thousands speak their minds, shouting their opinions into the void. Into this terrifying world of sound and noise, a new podcast about movies dares to raise its head. Appearing on the Longbox Crusade Network, in association with Jeff and Eric Present, it is the era of monthly Monday movie muckabout. Listen as people are challenged to see films that they have missed or failed to see. Hear their new appreciation for films from years past. Experience the discussions of film fans. Is the world ready for monthly Monday movie muckabout? Yes. Yes, it is. And cut. Perfect, Jeff. Great. So when are we going to start this show? Um, just me. This is my new show. I thought we talked about this. Uh, then why am I doing your promo? Because in reality, I'm an egotistical puppet master that uses people for his own profit and fame. Huh. Eh, fair enough. Da-da-da-da, monthly Monday movie muck about, watch a movie with me. Episode 1, Rogue, written by Stephen E. D'Souza. Originally broadcast September 18, 1993. <laughs> The story opens with Hannah Dundee and a delegation of scientists and diplomats from Wasoon traveling to the City in the Sea. Along the way, the truck convoy is attacked by the Terhune brothers, who steal the fuel and tires to sell on the black market. But Hannah Dundee won't be deterred and continues her journey on foot. Next, we see Jack Tenrick, who is driving across the barren landscape in one of his Cadillacs, when he notices smoke in the distance and turns his car in that direction and finds a group of settlers desperately putting out a fire. Jack expects it's poachers, but the angry settlers tell him it was a shivet or a Tyrannosaurus rex. Jack finds that difficult to understand because they rarely come down from the foothills into the valley. Next, we see Hammer Terhune meeting with Governor Wilhelmina Scharnhorst, and the two are discussing ways to eliminate Jack Tenrick, who keeps causing both of them complications. And we also learn that Hammer Terhune put a receiving device on the Shivet that let him drive it into the valley. We learn that Hammer wants Jack's large garage in exchange for helping Scharnhorst, who in turn wants Jack gone because he has the respect of the people as an old blood mechanic, but his teaching of the Machinato Vitae prevents her from achieving many of her goals. Meanwhile, Hannah is continuing her trek to the City in the Sea when she comes across the Shivet. She then sees Jack in his Cadillac and assumes he's a member of the poachers who attacked the convoy. Hannah fires her crossbow and several bolts hit Jack's front tire, causing him to lose control and crash. Despite the initial misunderstanding, the two introduce themselves and quickly make amends as Hannah helps Jack change the flat tire on his Cadillac. Jack drives Hannah to his garage as the two continue to get acquainted. There, Hannah meets Jack's friend Mustafa Cairo, who's an engineer, as well as Hermes, who is Jack's pet cutter, or Allosaurus, that he raised. Jack takes her to the lookout at the top of the garage, where he has a telescope used to keep an eye on the surrounding area, and there they see the Shivet is attacking another village. Against his better judgment, Jack feels he has to kill the Shivet. He climbs into a tree in the area and prepares to shoot the Shivet when he notices a device on the back of its skull. Hannah recognizes that it's a short-range receiver, which means the person using it must be in the area. 
Jack drops his weapon and jumps onto the back of the shivet and removes the receiver, which is putting off a high-pitched noise that is causing the shivet to rampage. Once the receiver is removed, the shivet feels immediate relief and returns to the foothills. Jack, Hannah, and Mustafa find Hammer Terhoon and his crew hiding near the village, and they're trying to figure out why the transmitter seems to have stopped working. Realizing they've been discovered, Hammer throws a hand grenade, and he and his gang escape in the confusion. Stephen E. D'Souza, who adapted the series for television and was an executive producer on the series, wrote this first episode, and it's a perfect introduction to the world of Cadillacs and dinosaurs. The series has a great opening credits sequence of Jack Tenrick driving his Cadillac, along with accompanying narration that quickly establishes the premise of the series. And the opening theme music by John Tucker is fun and fast-paced and exciting, and helps set the stage for the series. The first episode has so much packed into it, and yet the story flows naturally and never feels rushed or confusing. We get terrific introductions to the characters, and quickly get to know Jack, Hannah, and Mustafa, as well as the show's primary villains, Governor Sharnhorse and Hammer Terhoon. We even get brief introductions to Dahlgren and Toulouse, who are the two other governors of the City and the Sea. We also see a vision of the Grith, who we will learn more about in subsequent episodes, and we learn about the Machinato Vitae, which is described as both the machinery of life and the circle of life. And since this was a Saturday morning cartoon, we get a much more family-friendly introduction to Hermes than in the original comic. It really is impressive to see how carefully the original Xenozoic Tales series was adapted to television. You can tell that Stephen E. D'Souza had a lot of respect for the source material and kept significant pieces in place. Even though the show was designed for a Saturday morning cartoon, it still pulls in most of the characters and settings from the comics, as well as political intrigue. There is so much more depth to the show than was common in cartoons at the time. It's great quality and great fun. It's really nice to revisit this show. Episode 2, Dino Drive, written by Herbert J. Wright. Originally broadcast September 25th, 1993. The story opens with a volcano eruption and earthquake that causes a herd of Max, or Triceratops, to go on a stampede. As the herd stampedes toward a farm, we see that the family just manages to escape before the Triceratops flatten the buildings. Later, at a meeting of the governors at the City in the Sea, Sharnhorse is pressing the other two governors, Dahlgren and Toulouse, to give her permission to have the herd of Max killed to prevent any more damage. However, Jack Tenrick has learned of her plan and bursts into the meeting. Jack stresses the importance of the Machinato Vitae and explains that if they kill the Max, that means the Cutters or Allosaurus that normally feed on the Max will instead kill the Settler's cattle. This convinces Dahlgren and Toulouse to give him a chance to try a different plan first. Jack convinces his friends Mustafa and Kurgo the Ferryman to join him and Hannah Dundee in herding the Max to new land away from the Settlers. He's basing his plan on a book that Hannah found in the library about herding cattle in the past. Jack and Hannah ride in his red Cadillac, with Kurgo driving a truck. Meanwhile, Mustafa is joined by Governor Toulouse, and the two of them travel in one of Jack's other Cadillacs. Their plan starts well, as they use car horns and Jack's pet cutter Hermes to herd the Max in the direction they want them to go. (laughs) 
Back at the City in the Sea, Sharnhorse is furious to hear that Jack's plan is working. So, she meets in secret with Hammer Terhoon and his gang. She brings them dynamite and grenades they can use to steer the herd toward a nearby mining town to discredit Jack. And, if they're lucky, the Max will trample Tenric. Back on the trail, some of the members of the gang use a grenade launcher to fire into the path of the Max, while Hammer Terhoon and the rest of the gang ride motorcycles in the path of the Max, directing them toward the mining town. Jack manages to knock Hammer Terhoon from his motorcycle, and he gets the Max back on the right track, as Hermes corners the other members of the Terhoon gang to prevent them from continuing to fire grenades. As the episode ends, the Max are enjoying their new home in the grasslands. This is another great episode, and it's fun to see them use a Western theme to figure out how to herd animals. It's very impressive to see ecological issues built into the plots, which is an important part of the original comics. Here, Jack points out the potential consequences that may happen if people interfere too much in the food chain of the dinosaurs. It's nice to see the respect and understanding of nature interwoven into stories like this. This episode also really shows how much Sharnhorst wants to get rid of Jack, as she's willing to sacrifice an entire mining community just to discredit him. I also love that the show features so many of the characters from the comics. Here we get some more time with Mustafa, as well as Kurgo the Ferryman, who has some really fun scenes. I also like that Governor Toulouse wants to go along to see Jack's plan in action. So often a show, and especially a Saturday morning cartoon, will only focus on the main characters to keep the story simple and to reduce the amount of animation that's needed. However, this show makes good use of the secondary characters, which makes the world seem more rich and varied. And this is another of the many reasons we like it so much and think it stands the test of time. And I just want to say that I really love the look of the series. The character designs and architecture and the landscapes are all excellent. The imaginative settings really help capture the spirit of the stories. And I also just want to mention a nice artistic use of framing used during the show, with black framing at the top and bottom of the screen being used occasionally during transition scenes. It's a nice touch that suggests the panels of a comic, and I think that's a nice nod to the original comics by Mark Schultz. Next up is listener feedback, when we share the emails and messages we've received since last time. And thank you to everyone for the comments. Your support and encouragement is great, and we appreciate everyone who takes time to get in touch and to share your thoughts. Mark Schultz kindly checked in with us and said the podcast look at Subhuman Number 4 was up to your usual high standards. Beautifully done, and it does help to know that the storyline was clear enough for you to encapsulate so well. All the important story plots were covered, as well as some elements that I feared were too obscure to come across. Thanks again for bringing Subhuman to new readers' attention. And thank you so much, Mark, for listening and for writing. We're definitely happy to help others discover and read Subhuman. It's an exciting and great series. Our friend Mark, a.k.a. Green Lantern HG, wrote another wonderful episode, guys. It's a short and sweet series, and I hope we get more in the future. Mark Schultz is always amazing, and it's hard not to be impressed when you see something like this. And I'm with Darren. In my mind, Subhuman has many, many more adventures going on. Thank you so much for your positive comments and for your ongoing support of our podcast, Mark. Soon Fu wrote to us on Facebook and shared a photo from another project by Mark Schultz, which was the first page of the story Cull the Conqueror, the Sea King, and explained that Mark did the inks, saying this was from the Savage Sword of Conan, number 132, back in 1987. It is impressive. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. 
We also want to thank our friend Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, for reaching out to us from a convention where he was a guest. He saw a vendor selling several of the action figures and vehicles from the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs TV series, and he offered to pick any up for us that we needed to complete our collection. Jared is a great gentleman and so super thoughtful. He's a talented artist who repurposes items he finds at yard sales into amazing pop art and comic art. Be sure to check out his pages on Facebook and Twitter, and definitely go by his table whenever you see him at a convention. His art is awesome. We'll include a link to his online store in our show notes. We also got a note from our friend Leslie Hall Trigg III. He was so happy that on free comic book day, he got a great deal on the Xenozoic Hardback Collection by Mark Schultz that was just recently published by Flesk Publications. Fantastic. He's going to read it and listen along with our show, and we look forward to hearing what you think, Leslie. Thanks. Rod Pellegrini shared photos on our Xenozoic Xenophiles Facebook page of his awesome custom action figures. The characters look wonderful. They include Hannah, Jack, Mustafa, and many others, along with dinosaurs and, of course, a Cadillac. These are terrific. Rod explained for us how he creates these, and we'll share some of the highlights here, and we encourage anyone who is interested in learning more about how to make figures like these to check out the photos and contact him directly for more information. He is very skilled at this and would gladly share instructions and tips on how to make these. Rod begins by saying, It takes a lot of planning and searching to find the right parts. I'm an action figure collector and have a large library of parts and scale at my disposal, as well as owning several collector guides. My process begins by studying the character I want to make into an action figure by taking reference pictures of every panel in which he or she appears in Xenozoic Tales and Tops, Cadillacs, and Dinosaurs, ideally finding good drawings from the back, front, and sides, in addition to tighter images of the head and face. Then I pull first from my memory the action figures I could use as a base to match the different outfits, and then go through my collector guides to confirm and find alternatives I may have not considered. Once I know my options, I select which outfit I'll try to recreate, usually by figuring out which one has the largest chance of being put together with existing scale parts. Rod shared a lot of details about how he molds and modifies pieces and heads, and then went on to say, Once all of that is done, it's time for painting. Since Mark's comics are black and white, I make artistic decisions in some instances, but I try to stick to colors shown on the covers and in the epic colorized versions, drawing also from Topps, Cadillacs, and Dinosaurs comics, and even the cartoon. He continued, Jack's Cadillac is taken straight out of the Tycho's Cadillacs and Dinosaurs cartoon toy line, but I added others to his garage. The dinosaurs and other prehistoric reptiles I took mostly from Jurassic Park toy lines, but I threw in a definitely dinosaurs T-Rex I recently found at a toy show. I didn't even know of that toy line before, and it's a very dated reconstruction. I happen to be a vertebrate paleontologist, but I just love its vintage look and charm. It fits well with Mark's work and style. It was so much wonderful information, and we sincerely thank Rod for sharing it with us. We could certainly tell that this must take a lot of time and patience and talent. We loved learning the -the behind-the-scenes details on how he brings those figures to life. It is clear that he's developed a lot of skills customizing figures. The results are wonderful. His color choices are excellent, and I think the details are amazing. We'll include a link to his post in our show notes so you can check them out and see for yourselves. Thanks again for sharing these with us, Rod. Next, we want to extend our thanks to everyone who supported the show on social media since last episode. These are people who commented or shared posts from us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we sincerely appreciate all the support. 
Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, just let us know and we'll correct it next time. And please forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just write and let us know and we'll be sure to correct that next time as well. Al Sedano of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Andrew Kaplan. Austin Appleby. The Bat Pod with Bill and Sean. Brian Mulvey. Chad Hendall. Chris at BTO and Bat Books of the Professor Frenzy Show. Chris Mounts. Colin Stapleton from the Worst Comics Podcast Ever. David Smith. Derek W.C. of the Fanholes Podcast and History of Comics on Film. Don Schmidt. Dr. G. Man of Nerdology of the Pulped Pixel Podcast. Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions. Geeks Menagerie. Gene Hendricks from the Hammer Strikes and Akadekagonagon Theater Works. Jerry Green of the Professor Frenzy Show. Glenn Allen of Good Game Designs. Green Lantern HG, a.k.a. Hal Jordan. Jeffrey Willis of the Hollow Worlds Blog and Wave Your Geek Flag. Jeremy Dominguez. Jim Latimer. John Baker, who does sci-fi TV reviews at 3 If By Space and Beyond the Rim. Artist Ken Solo. The Longbox Crusade Podcast with Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin. Matthew James. Max Romero of Great Caesar's Post and its Plastic Man. Michael Allen Carlisle of the blog Crap Box Son of Cthulhu. Michael Lane of Comics in the Golden Age. Michael Sincavage. Mike Garvey of Waiting for Doom and the DC OCD podcast and The Gary Show. Nicholas Cox. Paul Hicks, also of Waiting for Doom and the DC OCD podcast and The Gary Show. Paul Spataro of Back to the Bins and Is It Jaws. Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky podcast. Randy Andrews, the sci-fi guy of Soundtrack Alley. Rebel Base Comics. Robert Pilk, the owner of our local comic shop, Mountain Empire Comics. Rod Pellegrini. Ross Pipkin. Scott Connor. Sean Ross of Pulp to Pixel and the Secret Wars podcast and the Bat Pod. Soon Fu. Podcrasher Tim Price from the Outcasters. Tristan Snyder. Vic Sage of Pop Culture Retrorama. And Warren Montgomery of Will Lil Comics. Thank you again, everyone, and we'll be right back after this promo for another podcast you might enjoy. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening to this. My name is Mercy St. Clair, and I'm a trekker. Not a very glamorous job, but not according to some group called the Akadekagonagon Theater Works. And me. I think your adventures can be very glamorous. Oh, come off it, Molly. What I do is dirty, dangerous, and frustrating. Maybe. But I know I like hearing about what you do. And now other people can as well. That's where you come in. Yes, you. The one I started talking to before being interrupted. Head on over to 8TW.Ninja and look for my adventures as dramatized by the Akadekagonagon Theater Works and some guy named Ron Randall. Or else... Mercy! Ron Randall's Trekker, a new audio drama by the Akadekagonagon Theater Works, presented through the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. Coming summer 2021. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly or have something you would like to have read on the show, then please send an email to xenozoicxenophiles at gmail.com. 
You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Xenozoic Xenophiles. And you can also visit xenozoicxenophiles.com for links to our social media pages. You can listen to our show through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Spotify. And all of our episodes are always available at xenozoicxenophiles.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all of the episodes of all of our podcasts, including Xenozoic Xenophiles, as well as Trekker Talk about 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair by Ron Randall, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Xenozoic Xenophiles. Xenozoic Xenophiles is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, please visit comicspodcasts.com. We are not affiliated with Mark Schultz or the various companies that have published the series. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album, Movie Tunes, Background Music, Songs and Loops, Volume 2. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. <laughs>